I'll just throw these on the ground. We don't need these anymore. All right, so we're doing a series on identity, like I said. And, um, you know, we're looking at the question, what, how does the Bible answer the question, who am I? And I had a great conversation with somebody yesterday, just in the park with my kids, and this question of identity came up. And, and um, when you watch the news, when you look at youth culture particularly, uh, teenage culture, uh, this, this idea of identity, who you are, and owning who you are, and becoming who you are, is a really hot topic nowadays. Uh, like I said before, when I was growing up, we never, I never thought about this question. I never cared about this question. I just did whatever I did, right? So I think finding yourself, uh, there's a tremendous pressure on you guys as teenagers to find yourselves, to, to find the answer to this question, who am I? Uh, uh, which, which can be, at times, can be really um, crippling. Um, but this is what I say here. Um, identity is the core of who somebody believes they are that defines for them what, it, what they believe it means to be truly human. Everybody in, embodies a core identity that governs all they do, how they navigate life, and the roles they embody, other lesser identities, and how they relate to others. So, so central to all of us is this idea of, of, of an identity, right? Uh, we all have lesser identities. Like I've said, we all say we're from Cincinnati, but that's not the, probably the core identity for each of you that governs how you think about life and the moral questions that you have and uh, your purpose for living. Um, maybe it does, um, uh, but most of you don't, um, right? But we have multiple identities. Uh, but there is one thing, uh, one central thing that really does govern, and, and, and maybe it is your faith, maybe it's not, maybe it's kind of a shifty thing, uh, maybe one thing, it's one day it's, your identity as a student, maybe the next day it's your identity as a soccer player, maybe the next day it's your identity on the fantasy football team you play on, I don't know, uh, whatever it is you do, uh, right? But, but, uh, tr- but, but we're all created in God's image, and we all have forgotten what that means and what that, what that looks like. Like G.K. Chesterton says, we all have forgotten who we really are. And like John Calvin says, without knowledge of God, there is a knowledge of self. So we're just look, taking some time this year to look at how does the Bible answer the question. And because God is, because He is, because He is the self-existent one and He creates, uh, He created us, because He is, uh, how do we answer the question of I am? And last week we looked at a creature, I am a creature, which is true for everybody in the world, whether they acknowledge God or not, everybody is created by God in his image, and they, they bear marks of that image. Um, a great term that I've heard before is they bear echoes of Eden, right? An echo, you say something and it bounces back to you. Every, every human person, uh, no matter how evil they are, um, um, has echoes of Eden, has, has, has a, the thumbprint of God on them. Um, but not everybody is a Christian. So we're going to look at tonight, today, what does it mean to be in Christ, or what does it mean to have our identity answered, who am I? I am a Christian, and that be our core and central identity, um, and, and central identity who we are. So, um, so yeah, so uh, what we're going to look at, uh, you know, three kind of big parts um, before we break out. The soil, the seed, and the flower. And if you can imagine that imagery with me, that's going to be my new, like, format for this class. Uh, what is the soil, right? What is the culture that you're in, right? Uh, there's different types of, I love to plant things, there's different types of soil that exist with different acidities, and there's rocky soil and not rocky soil, there's soil that's real, well, you know, uh, water goes through it well, and soil that, the water that doesn't go through it well. I'm going to try to look at the soil, the, the culture that you find yourselves growing in, to, to see, to help you guys think about how culturally does the culture answer these questions of who am I. 
So that's the soil. Um, and we're going to look at the reality that we're, we're people, we're created, and that we're identity dependent. Um, and then we're going to look at uh, the seed. So what is the seed of God's word that's planting in our hearts? Um, it's, uh, we're looking at the tale of two identities, uh, that, that there's two types of people in this world. You guys have always heard that, right? There's two types of people in this world. Those who like UK and those who don't, or whatever people say. Bless their hearts, they lost again. Um, football. They're back to being UK football, I guess. We're looking forward to basketball. Um, and uh, yeah, there's those who are in Adam, the, in Adam, and those who are in Christ. And then the flower is just what does it look like uh, to live a life in Christ, uh, where identities in Christ. What does what does that life look like on display, uh, in bloom, so to speak? So, and then we'll break out in groups, hopefully, and uh, and talk. So, uh, the soil. So this is I've, I've showed this multiple times. I love this piece of art. Right? How many of you have seen this before? Right, so this is a this is an article. So back when Barack Obama was president, uh, he was the first African American to be president, and the question of identity uh, really came to bear, and um, NPR picked up on it, and they kind of just did wrote a great article about how um, identity and this question of who am I is um, is um, just a hot topic, and um, they connected to this article was this piece of art. And I, and I want you guys to look at it. I want you to answer this question. What does this art, piece of art tell you? How does this answer the question, who am I? What is this telling you to be? And how, how you are to think about identity? Just shout some things out. What do you see? What is this telling Yeah, go ahead. A lot of differences. Yeah, there's a lot of differences, right? That there is no such thing as, as, as a, um, um, a single identity, right? We're, we're, we're a collection of identities. That's great. What else? What do you notice about the family? Do you guys see the family? What do you see? What else do you see? What is their gender? Right? Those are two men, right? So it's saying they're, they're uh, uh, the same sex. Um, they have a homosexual marriage, which has been passed now, I don't know, two years. Um, two years? When did that get passed? Does anybody know? Yeah. So they adopted. So they've adopted. That's how they, in case you're wondering. If you need to learn the biology of that, uh, there'll be a different class that Matt May will teach. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, great observation. Do you want to talk more about that? That that all the all the pictures are in text bubbles, and they say about a digital age. Maybe that maybe I don't know. I don't have an answer either. Maybe it's like maybe it's like the that the thing that that tells us who we are. It comes from not from. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, that's the way that they project their identity. Um. You know, there's two there's two religions here, uh, Muslim and then like um, I guess you would call that um, like Native American spirituality, right? Um, so it's it's talking about it's not only uh, it's a plurality of religious identities. Um, you see uh, different types of hair. Uh, so it was common back in the day, and people still think this today that African American hair is ugly. Uh, that was a beauty standard. Um, and uh, it's saying that black is beautiful. I'm sure you guys have heard that term before. The guy has pink hair, so 
pink hair is beautiful, right? So there's, it's, it's just saying that there's the, 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 the definitions of beauty and what is beautiful, right, or central to identity and how to answer that. Anyway, I don't want to belabor this, but I just want to show you, like, these messages are everywhere. Um, whether they come from NPR or they come from McDonald's or they come from uh, your church, um, people are trying to tell you and answer the question for you and, and, and of what is identity and what does it mean to be truly human. And uh, I'm hoping that, that through this time t- today, that you would have a, a better sense of, of that your core identity, um, uh, that, that God invites you to have a core identity to be a Christian, to be an in Christ one. And that, that identity uh, governs and teaches you on how you are to think about every other identity that you have. Your identity as uh, in your family and what is a family, your identity of... Um, of work and, and how you work and who you work for and those types of things, right? So, um, you know, just some personal observations, right, that we've talked about. This uh, cultural view of personal identity, that identity is self-defined and, and not one identity is greater than the other, right? And when I was growing up, um, and this is still true, so I'm not saying that it, it's just maybe a change of emphasis, but when I was growing up, um, this idea is, uh, of identity is that your identity is what it is, and you just got to fit the mold, right? So if you didn't fit the mold, you were, you were, you were uh, viewed as an outsider, right? So if you're, um, you, there was a mold that you had to be, and, and you had to become that. And then nowadays, it's now the, the value and the emphasis is, uh, is on creating your own mold, is discovering who you are. And identity can never be, that's your greatest um, possession, and that nobody can ever tell you who you are. And uh, both way, ways are absolutely, absolutely destructive. And uh, the, the Christian identity, to be an in-Christ one, is a third way uh, that's different than just fitting a mold. Uh, and that's different than trying to discover who you are deep down inside. It's, it's that you were created by God and rescued by God. And that he invites you to live uh, in his image, uh, which is different than these things. Um, so... Um, we cannot describe, I say this, we cannot describe who we are without attaching ourselves to something. Only God is the self-existent one, and we are because he is. And we cannot answer the question for ourselves who we are without our attachment to things like our religion, our place, or nationality, our occupation, our family, and so on. Generally speaking, the Bible gives us two places or opinions or options that we can attach our identity to. Paul picks up on this and gives us the language of in Adam and in Christ. So like I've said before, um, there are two types of identities that the Bible speaks of, two types of core central questions, ways to answer the question, who am I? And that's in Adam and in Christ. So let's look at this. Um, So uh, I don't know if any of you were alive when this happened, but when we used to be at war with Iraq, I don't believe we are anymore, um, but I think there still are troops there um, doing things. But um, we were at war with Iraq, and... Uh, when we uh, took over Baghdad, there was this big statue of Saddam Hussein in Baghdad. And there is, this is a picture from that of, of uh, the people taking down that statue to represent freedom, that they're no longer under the rule of a, of a tyrant, and um, that our representative has been dethroned. And if you think about this concept of identity, it's hard for us to understand what it means to be created in God's image uh, because we don't live in a place with kings and queens. Uh, we have a representative government we select for ourselves who represents us, and that can always be changed. But in a lot of places in the world, your representative is your representative, right? In, in, in Iraq, 
Uh, Saddam Hussein was a representative of his people, and as he went, so did his people. And he, um, you know, if he wanted to live for himself and not for the good of his people, his people would suffer, right? If he wanted to live for the good of his people and not himself, right? Do you get what I'm saying? So what 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 this is, means is that all over all over Iraq in the kingdom of Saddam Hussein, there were images of Saddam Hussein, right? You'd go to the market and you see his picture. You'd go to this place and you'd see his statue. And the images uh, represent who? What? That he is king over this place, right? And what it means to be created in God's image is that kind of illustration, except we're not statues. We're living, breathing, embodied people who are to live um, in, in God, with God, and represent his kingdom all over the world. And when we sinned against God, right, uh, when we uh, thought we wanted our own identities, um, it created an identity vacuum, and it created this, uh, it gave us a question that we didn't know how to answer. And it says that, I say this, our identity is like a vacuum. Therefore, when we don't find our identity as created beings to reflect God, we will seek to find our identity in created things to reflect something else. This is a result of being born in Adam, and that as Adam went, and in his disobedience against God and desire to find an identity outside of God, so do we. So I'm trying to try to make a case for is that as Adam went, so do we. And that Adam uh, didn't want to live as an image bearer of God. He didn't want to, to be a living statue uh, that represented God. Instead, he wanted to, to, to have his own identity, right? And um, because of that, death entered the world. And we now don't know how to answer the question, who am I? Um, and then 1 Corinthians uh, says this, But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the firstfruits of those who have fallen asleep. For as, for as by a man came death, by a man has also come the resurrection of the dead. For in Adam all die, so in Christ all should be made alive. Um, in verse 22, Paul says, In Adam all die. This verse is a reference to Adam's sin of eating the forbidden fruit, as recounted in Genesis 3. Adam along with Eve ate, and they both died. As a result, the consequences of his sin fell upon all humanity. Paul here is referring uh, not to our own individual sins, but to the fact that we were united to Adam as our representative, that when he sinned, we all sinned. Uh, so we all suffered the consequences of Adam's sin. So we may not have been there at the fall, and, uh, uh, but we all participate in the fall in our daily lives by seeking to live for our own identities, by seeking to use um, our status, uh, by seeking to use our athleticism, by seeking to use... Um, whatever it may be, um, to, um, to build and answer the question of who am I. And, um, and that's the result of the fall. And because of that, we live in a world um, that doesn't know who, they, who we are. And, and maybe some of you can relate to that. But when I look at culturally, when I look at that, that artwork that I showed you earlier, I see a culture that doesn't know how to answer the question, who am I? And we've settled for the reality that... Um, we, we are not an identity that you have to discover your own identity. And what happens is people go from place to place, thing to thing, job to job, marriage to marriage, um, looking for a place to answer the question of who am I? Um, I've seen that in my own life. I've seen that in the lives of others. Uh, I had a, had a good conversation with a friend recently who's my age, who's changing careers, and he's trying to figure out for himself who he is, right? Um, um, we, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a very distracting and very tiresome labor. And, um, and uh, we won't rest until we discover Jesus and that he was the perfect Adam, that he lived perfectly in obedience to God, uh, 
and that uh, he died the death of the sinner of Adam and all of the other Adams. He suffered the consequences of us trying to discover our own identity, and that because of that, his identity, his righteousness, who he is and what he's done covers us. And we now become, uh, as the word Christian says, little Christs. And that is the thing uh, that governs how we are to think about everything. How you are to think about your relationship with Jesus is the primary relationship by which you are to think about every single thing in your life. How you treat other people, how you treat your parents, how you treat friends, um, how you treat the earth that you're a part of, right? Um, and, and what it means to have dominion. Uh, what it means to think about your work and your occupation in the future, right? I hope, hopefully that you're thinking about how can I glorify God and serve others with, with my occupation. Uh, it's how you think about who you are to marry one day and how you are to raise your kids if God uh, gives you those things. Uh, it's how you are to think about your Sunday mornings <laughs> and practice uh, rest in the Sabbath, right? It's a central identity, that, that governs all that you do. Um, I love this. and I, Yeah. <laughs> so what does this mean to be in Christ? Uh, so so that, that's now what I want to answer. So Dickie, what's his name, Dickie Simpkins? Yeah, who knows who Dickie Simpkins is? Yeah, some of you do. I love this. I love telling this. So Dickie Simpkins played with Michael Jordan, and um, Michael Jordan... I don't know how many national championships he won, but he had two three-peats. He was a part of six, so it was just a three-peats. Um, he had, um, this, I think this is what Dickie was on the second three-peat uh, that he had. So uh, Dickie Simpkins never played during the season. He, he, he averaged like, um, I don't know, I have, the, I have the data somewhere else. It was less than five minutes per game. Uh, he didn't score that many points. And then in each of the three national championships, he never played a second. Right, but guess what he guess what he received when the Bulls won the national championship? I keep saying national championship. I'm thinking like college football. Uh, what do they call that? Finals. The F- NBA Finals. Uh, guess what he received? A ring. A ring. But he didn't earn it, did he? What did he do? Did he play any minutes? He was on Michael Jordan's team and Scottie Pippen and whoever else was on that team. Right? More than just Jordan. But because he, he, because he wore the jersey of Michael Jordan, he received the benefits of Michael Jordan. And in the same way, um, Christ, we don't do anything to accomplish our salvation. And, and, and what I mean by salvation, I mean it more than just that you're saved and go to heaven. There are, there are a, a, a plethora of benefits that we receive because we are saved in Jesus that we're going to talk about. Um, our adoption, our, our resurrection, um, our... Um, our justification. We'll talk about all these things in weeks to come. But we didn't earn these things. We don't earn these things, right? We don't, we don't, because we don't, we, we sit the bench and we, we watch Christ work on our behalf and we trust in his work and we are given the jersey of Jesus and God gives us the rings, so to speak, right? He gives us the benefits. He gives us resurrected life. He gives us justification by faith alone. He gives us sanctification that we're being made more into the image of Christ. We're given Christ's what? identity, right? We're identity-dependent people. We either find our identity in Adam, which leads to death, not just physical death, but spiritual death and everything else, but also but we find our identity in Christ by trusting in Him. So 
that's the best way that I can illustrate what it means to be in Christ. It's not that we earn it or not that we are it. It's that it's given to us. That we are recreated by faith and we're given the jersey of Jesus and God views us as his children. I love this diagram that I made that I've used before. But this is kind of what I'm talking about. This question of who am I, right? Uh, we are created. How should things be, right? How should our identity be? Is that to live in God's image mean that God would be at the center of our life and that it would affect all these different roles that we embody. Our role as uh, in our public life, our roles in our private life, our roles uh, in politics, our roles in education, all these things. Right? What happens in the fall, what Adam does, is he bucks up against God being the center. And he says, I want to find my own identity. I want to be myself. I want to have... Uh, I, don't, I want to be able to answer the question, who am I? And what happens when that happens is that one of these roles become the center, right? So what becomes the center of your life is, um, is your identity as a Republican or a Democrat instead of letting your relationship with Jesus define how you think about politics. Uh, what becomes the center is your role as a male or female. And you don't let your relationship with Jesus define who you are as a man or woman. Uh, or whatever other genders uh, exist nowadays, um, right? If you let self be the center, you let your opinion and discovery and your job one day be the center of how you govern all things. And uh, what you'll find is when at the, your, your occupation is at the center of your life, uh, your relationship with your friends, your family will suffer, right? Uh, and what happens in faith when we believe in Jesus is that, like I said, we become in Christ, and all, all the promises in the scriptures of being in Christ, that we're a new creation, that we are justified before God, that we are loved, uh, that becomes the governing relationship and the governing factor about how we think about all things and how we interact with the world. Right? Does that make sense? Maybe, somewhat. But that's the best diagram that I could show you. Um, and, and my hope for today really is that you would be, be, be challenged to think about, do you live in such a way where Jesus is the center of your life? Is that, is that what, what you think about? Do you, when you're in a tough space and you have questions about what you should do, do you consult Jesus? Do you consult his word? Do you consult other Christians? Uh, when you think about how you are to act around friends and, and other people, does your relationship with Christ, is that your central identity or is it um, self-advancement or self-flourishing or whatever it may be? Um, so um, uh, before we break out, I just want to talk about this real quick. So, so, so what does this mean? What does this look like? Just a few things. Uh, life in, in Jesus is a life of hope. Um, like I said, created things cannot provide an answer to the question, who am I? We are created to identify with the imperishable God, and we will continually be let down and shifty until we seek to identify with the perishable. Like I've said, um, a life that seeks to live and answer the question of who am I by self-discovery or um, by the culture that you live in, or even by other people, is, is a very hopeless life. And a life where you identify with Jesus and trust in Him uh, is a life of hope in a very hopeless world. Um, it's self-emptying, right? If you identify with Jesus, you'll become like Him. And Jesus gave up His life for His enemies. So when people wrong you, when people say bad things behind your back, um, the, the, a life of evident of those who identities in Christ is your identity is not found in what people think about you. Your identity is not found in how much money you have. 
And these things are then used as a means to an end, to the glory of God and the, better, and the betterment of others. Uh, it's life that's secure. So much of our insecurities and relationships are based upon um, the reality that we build our identity on what people think of us. We focus our identity on the ever-changing opinions and expectations of others. We will quickly find that we cannot keep up, and we will be continually let down, wondering who we are. And since we have been united to Christ by faith, that union can never be shaken, giving us the desperate security that we need that empowers us to overcome the shifty expectations of others, because there is a greater name above all names. Um, that's a great promise. Uh, and maybe some of you uh, have experienced that in your lives, but... but um, to live a life where you just succumb to people's expectations is a very lonely life and a very stressful life and a very hard life. But you need a greater power that can rescue you. And that's the beauty of Jesus is that, uh, um, is that his expectation for you has been purchased by his own expectation <laughs> and how he lived. And um, you're given his jersey. And then rest. We can all be like this panda up here, just, just hanging out on the, on the tree. No. Um, you know, our identity in Christ is an identity that rests the wandering heart and calms the anxious search. Uh, the search for identity can be an anxious search where we are consistently wondering who we are and where we belong. Uh, just as my children, uh, you know, Owen and Annie don't have to wonder if they're my kids and where they belong. They are my children. They bear my last name, and they receive the benefits of that. Uh, they don't wonder, walk around life going, are you my parents? Are you my parents? Are you my mommy? Are you my daddy? Where, where's my house, right? There's a security. There's a, there's a rest that they have a place. In the same way, many of us, we look from thing to thing, place to place, wondering, is this who I am? Is this where I found rest for myself? Is this the job that's going to give me purpose? Is this the relationship? Um, is this the girlfriend or boyfriend that's going to make my life whole? Whatever it may be. Um, it may for a second, but then it'll empty. Oh. Uh, um, our relationship with God and our identity in Him uh, gives us rest for the anxious search in the weary heart, looking for places to find rest and answer the question of who am I. So, uh, well, that's it. Um, I'd love for you guys, just in these next, oh, we've got seven minutes left, uh, just to go through, um, uh, and, and maybe you can just gather in your rows and... Um, Answer these questions. Just uh, what are some things that jumped out to you? What's a question that you may have? And then what's maybe one application that you can have? And I invite you to share. But again, you don't have to if you don't want to. And you can participate by being a good listener. So um, we'll come back here in about, in about five or six minutes and uh, talk amongst ourselves. So go ahead.